Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to find freedom from the shame and pressure of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode with Lynn Wilder and Joel Grote as they and their guests share personal stories and wisdom from the Bible that just might surprise you. We invite you to experience a grace that heals. Hello, everyone. Welcome back again to the Unveiling Grace podcast. We're in episode number, I'm not sure, uh, with uh, <laughs> Daniel Busey. So I'm Joel. Five, Grote. I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Lynn Wilder. And this is Daniel Busey, former LDS bishop about a year and a half ago, and um, a lawyer and a very good logical thinker who after questioning Mormonism began to read some atheist books and kind of went down that rabbit hole for a while. And um, tell us what you learned, Daniel, by doing that. So I um, learned from reading Fabricating Jesus, How Modern Scholars Distort the Gospels by Craig A. Evans. Um, I learned things about the uh, Gnostic Gospels and the reliability of the gospels we have in the New Testament. Um, and I was able to rethink, rethink things that I'd read by Bart Ehrman. And so um, I went on to read He's more an books. Atheist. Uh-huh. And I, ultimately my reading led to um, this book, The Case for the Resurrection of Jesus by Gary Habermas and Michael Kona. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, during all this time, these over these months um i i had started attending a a christian church and i learned the the doctrine of grace um and the biblical doctrine of grace for the first time in my life yeah how did you end up going to a christian church Uh, and then uh, i want to hear what that doctrine of grace is what you found out about that i always liked easter the, the the holiday of easter especially since Edith and I had a daughter who passed away in 2008. And so oh, Easter, Easter was always special to me, you know, thinking of the resurrection. Um, yeah. And, mm. and so it was my first Easter of not believing in the resurrection. I didn't, I, I mean, I was agnostic about it. I didn't think that we didn't get resurrected. I just didn't think there was any evidence that there was a resurrection. Um, and so I um, still wanted to kind of celebrate Easter, but I didn't feel comfortable going back into the LDS chapel. So I just crashed a, a friend's church that Sunday. Okay. <laughs> and, Christian uh, friend's church, yeah. yes. And um, I was kind of shocked at how much everyone loved Jesus there. I, I heard some interesting things from the pastor there. He, he said that first Sunday, he mentioned, he said something about getting that, that Jesus saves and that you don't need to go join a church to get saved. And, <laughs> That's and a revolutionary that, like, idea. No one needs to go join a church. It's like, you don't need to join a church. And I'm like, what? I'm like, I don't know. I just kind of had this, it, it was programmed into me to think that all of the other Christian churches um, claim to be their own, you know, like they're the one true church. I had that idea mm-hmm. in my head. Which and so therefore to be really saved, you had to make sure you joined one of those right churches. Church. Yeah. 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 yeah right which that idea comes from Mormonism, right? Yeah. 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 
he or someone else, when they said a prayer, they started praying for, you know, our brothers over and like, so this was an assembly of God. And they said, you know, we pray for our brothers over in the, in, in the Baptist church. And like, they started naming some other churches. And, and I was like, you know, it's just a little strange that they, and, and I was introduced to the concept for the first time that, that they all consider themselves of the body of Christ. Oh, that the body yeah. of Christ is people who yeah. believe in Jesus. It's not a denomination. It's people who believe in Jesus or, or, or who have been touched by Jesus. So, because the Mormon narrative is those guys all argue with each other and they disagree and they're divisive, right? Yep, right. And that's, you found out that wasn't true. Yeah, I found out that wasn't true. And um, so I went back for a few more Sundays and that year, that, that particular pastor really focused on the gospel that year. I mean, in almost every sermon he gave, he incorporated the gospel, um, which is that we are saved um, by Jesus, uh, by faith alone in, in, in Jesus alone, um, that we can be forgiven of our sins through what he did on the cross. Um, and that, I mean, the, the resurrection side, Latter-day Saints already believe in, but that side, the redemption side, was is a totally different message. Right. I mean, it's a different. And that it's it's gospel. a gift. It's a gift of grace. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, and so I I thought you know that that actually seems to make a lot more sense. Um, but it was the supernatural side of it. You know, that Jesus came you know came out of the tomb three days later that I was struggling to with or struggling to believe. I didn't. Yeah, in my state of mind, uh, I didn't believe that yet. And so, like I said, I was investigating different things at the same, all at the same time. I think by March, April, May, by May, I was kind of going in the direction of universalism um, because I, this, the, the, I was seeing the dark side of atheism, um, the, the side that was ignoring i was learning enough things from christian apologetics that i was seeing that they were ignoring certain things and that they were taking verses out of context all the time from the bible and that that was really getting on my nerves um right. and and so i thought well there there has to be some truth in this mess you know so i was <laughs> so and, and i read among the books i read i didn't realize till recently that i guess that it's kind of universalist um points in direction of universalism is the um the physics of god by joseph selby um mm. and so that was kind of direction in which i was going mentally but um that said i uh i eventually stopped praying altogether i was i couldn't just couldn't do it anymore so in like beginning of may i stopped praying altogether like before i was just saying those short morning night prayer then i stopped doing even that um because i thought i was just it was silly like i was talking to the wall and, and i and i i did say a prayer back in early on in that process maybe in april or may asking god to you know if you are real please let me know somehow you know yeah and, and dangerous prayer and then <laughs> and you know then if a couple months passed and i he hadn't let me know yet so i uh <laughs> stopped stopped praying kind of in that last month like in may uh, the first couple months that I was out, oh, I had my name removed from the church right away, by the way, in, in March. Oh, um, okay. And I uh, didn't feel angry at the church. I Even in my removal letter, I wrote to my bishop that, you know, please consider me a friend to the ward. Um, mm. And I 
one of my, my niece um, received her mission call on one of the days that I was planning to tell my family that I left the church. And like, there were all kinds of things happening that prevented me from telling the family, but I finally told my family about it. <laughs> I remember that. After a couple months out though, I started, I went from feeling just sad or disappointed to, to extremely angry. And mm. I, I could just feel that ex-Mormon angry uh, person on Reddit type of uh, yeah. person that I was becoming. In, in was that because of what you discovered and you realized the extent to which it had been misrepresented or you'd been lied um, to? What do you think was triggering yeah, the I anger? I think it was that. Yeah, just my whole life I'd given to a lie. And, um, and so because of that anger that was building up in me, I, um, it was making it a little bit harder in my investigation of Christianity. Like I was re starting to read more Christian apologetic stuff. And, but at the same time I was getting like hardened. Um, sure. So, and, and, and I got to the point where I was, I thought, you know, Christians aren't really that unreasonable or illogical or irrational. Like they, some of them actually have studied this stuff and they, there are Christian intellectuals out there, you know, who mm -hmm. um, new, new Testament scholars, old Testament scholars who, um, have a reasonable belief system. Recognizing that is one thing, you know, believing and wanting to follow Jesus is a different thing. So, yeah. and I hadn't- Say that again. <laughs> so recognizing that <laughs> not all Christians are crazy is one thing, but being converted to and changed, uh, miraculously mm -hmm. changed by Jesus is something else. And I hadn't, mm -hmm. that hadn't happened to me yet. And then in June, about mid-June is when I finished reading the, the Gary Habermas, Michael Kona book. I don't know, I just, all, all of a sudden, I mean, just after learning more and more and more, I, I got to the point where I couldn't read anything. I, I would see so much wrong with the stuff the critics were writing and so much that made sense with what the Christian apologists were writing um, that I concluded that, you know, it's perfectly, it's not just reasonable, but I believe that Jesus was resurrected. And, and again, this is... This is from an evidential standpoint. This is forensic evidence. You're a yes. lawyer. You're used to sifting through, evaluating. And so you're getting compelling evidence yes. for the it Christian is. side and the historicity of the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And that's exposing the credibility or it's undermining the credibility of the claims that the critics and the atheists and agnostics are making about the same subject. But yeah. he's also addressing his Mormonism by reading Unveiling Grace about the yep. same time. So not only exactly. is he looking at the atheism to evidence for Christianity, but he's dealing with where he came from, right? Right. In fact, I finished, um, I finished reading uh, Lynn's book. So I finished reading Unveiling Grace the same day that I finished reading The Case for the Resurrection. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> That's God, but this, right? But at this point, do you, are you a believer yet? Have you had a um, faith so conversion? I, I hadn't yet. So when I, when I, I was sitting at my desk that day that I finished those two books and I was just thinking about, you know, what I'd read and um, I thought, you know, I, I believe this, you know, I believe Jesus was resurrected and, and just thinking about um, the doctrine of grace, you know, what Jesus well, if he was really resurrected, that means his death on the cross wasn't just an execution. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Um, and that he really was who he said he was. 
And throughout that day and over the next couple of days, I felt kind of like, um, like a person in an airplane when an airplane's taking off, you know, you feel it, it goes a little faster and then suddenly your back's against the seat and then you right. start taking off. And I felt that it was like being on a drug or something like it, it, I, I felt this joy that was just so amazing, just so amazing in my heart. And, you know, here I go, you know, critics will say, oh, well, then you really just got converted from a feelings experience. I'm like, well, I mean, I, I, I was converted intellectually first and then, um, then experienced this because I'm sorry that, you know, what Jesus taught and who he was is part of history. I mean, it's, it's part of reality. So yeah. And this was a Wednesday, I believe, that you finished reading these books, right? Uh, and I think you... I finished them on a Monday, and by Wednesday, yeah, I, I finished them on a Monday, and by that Wednesday, I was, I had start, I started talking about how wonderful the real God was, the God of the Bible, and um, and you called me up, and that you said, you said something like. I didn't call you up right away because I didn't know if this would leave or if this was just a fleeting feeling or what it was. And, and I remember you saying, it's been three days and I still feel the same way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess it was that same week that I called you. And, and then I started thinking I was going crazy and like going crazy. How, what, what well, was, what was triggered? What were you associating with the crazy? I, I was afraid that I was falling a victim to um an emotional conversion again yeah yeah because you know like before but it mm -hmm. wasn't like before like i when i when i received my witness of the book of mormon and of joseph smith um it was a very very clear spiritual confirmation from a spirit you know i mean it was it was something outside of me that was affecting me and mm -hmm. um but this this, but it didn't like, it didn't change me in the way this changed me. So this didn't, it was different. It was just, um, I was very, very, very happy. And all of a sudden I like, so I hadn't read, I hadn't actually opened, you know, and, and, and tried to read from the Bible during this whole process. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start, and I didn't start outright reading from the Bible till um, a few weeks later, till mid July. So okay. I started reading the New Testament in mid July but I was suddenly craving the Bible like, like crazy. It was like being thirsty for, you know, not having anything to drink for several days and then suddenly having, being able to drink a nice fresh water or something. That's, that's what the Bible was like all of a sudden to me. So something obviously changed. Mm. You know, I never experienced that in my life. I never craved the Bible before in my life. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the Book of Mormon a lot, but I never, but even that I hadn't like craved it the way I had, I was craving the Bible and, and I hadn't, um, I don't know, so, something, something changed and my attitude changed. I, I wasn't angry at anyone anymore. Like everything changed, something changed in me. So and where so, were you reading in the Bible? Um, I, well, I started off reading, I, I borrowed a book on grace from, um, the pastor at that church I've been attending. that was a really good book. It went, went through different verses on grace. And okay. then after that, I started the new Testament. Um, well, first I start, I tried to look up all the uh, all of the important verses to Mormonism and then, and then see what they really meant, you know, and okay, that, yeah, and, and to try to go through all the Joseph Smith translations and that that'll take forever, you know, and that that was taking so long. Um, and it was kind of frustrating that I, after a week or two of that, I 
I, I got tired of doing that. And so I decided I would just read it, you know, from the beginning. And so I read the New Testament and then, and I decided to read a different translation than the, from the one I'd grown up with. And, and that helped. Good. Um, so did you which one did you pick? Yeah. Uh, the first one was NIV. So I okay. read the, the yep. New International Version. Yeah. And I would, I would listen to some of it on audio and sometimes I'd read it and sometimes I'd do both listen and read at the same time. But I did the, the NIV New Testament, then the Old Testament, and then... And, and then in August, I started it over with the um, Christian Standard Bible. Um, okay. I, didn't I didn't really like that one, that one very much. Um, I read the, I may have read them in a different order, but anyway, I read the Old Testament, New Testament. And then after that, I read the ESV. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, excellent and, translation. Yeah, and that's my, and now I'm reading the New King James version. And my two favorites now are the ESV and the New King James, which are both word for word. They're not dynamic. Um, so yeah, uh, I, those are my two favorites now. But um so I'm cool. now in my fourth in my fourth reading, and on top of that, I've been doing you know topical studies. Yeah. Wow. So, can you tell us a little bit more about that personal encounter with Jesus, or what you know what that was like? Where you, where you went with that? What drew you in? Obviously, you're acknowledging that the resurrection happened, and that Jesus is who He claimed He is. But then, in terms of you and your so, personal uh, spiritual. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. So for the first time in my life, it, it's interesting because I've felt guilt all throughout my life, but I didn't consider myself a sinner. And it, that seems to contradict. <laughs> yes and no. But <laughs> Being guilty of doing bad things, we, we all can acknowledge that, but to recognize that what your nature is as a sinner, yeah, that's a pretty big different step. So is that well, part of what happened? So and I, as LDS, we didn't believe we were sinners. I didn't see myself as uh -huh. a sinner. And, and they don't, they don't. Um, it's because, especially if you're a true believing, you know, practicing Latter-day Saint, you're not, you don't consider yourself a sinner because you have a temple recommend with signatures mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. You know, you, you've been told that you are worthy to enter his presence. You're told that at the veil in the temple. Right. And so um, you're, you're doing everything right. Um, and for the first time, I, so I, I considered myself a sinner. I considered everyone else sinners. Um, <laughs> and, and I understood, well, as well as a human being can understand, I mean, what Jesus had done, that he, that the work that he did on the cross was so powerful that it was sufficient. It was enough in itself. Did that I mean that changed it changed everything realizing that and realizing that I just needed to do what what I'm taught in the New Testament and to, to be saved and to you know return to God's presence I and to be forgiven of my sin and to be forgiven of my sin now not after I die I mean to be sealed unto that salvation um, I would just need to confess you know I'm a I'm a sinner um, I'm sorry I'm I'm a sinner and uh, you know. Jesus, I, I accept what you did for me <laughs> uh, and I'm yours now. And, and I, I really felt, I felt like God had just reached out and claimed me like, you know, no, I'm not going to let you be an atheist. You know, he, you know, like he grabbed me, <laughs> he grabbed a hold of you and said, no, you're mine. What well, it's in, go ahead, Lynn. What advice would you give? Because many, many people who get disenfranchised um, with Mormonism, right, go this atheism route. 
What would you say to people um, to get them to possibly investigate keeping Jesus and looking into traditional Christianity? If, if investigating history is what led them out of Mormonism, mm -hmm. then don't stop there. The, the same thing that led me out of the darkness is what led me into the truth. So it's, and, and there are books that you don't have to read a lot of dry stuff. Like I, I recently finished uh, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Um, that it's a huge, Josh McDowell. huge book. Josh McDowell. Yeah. And, you know, you don't need to read stuff like that. I mean, there, there's, there's stuff that lays it out easier. Um, th this new, this recent book um, by uh, Jay Warner Wallace, Person of Interest. Yes, phenomenal. Really, really, really good book. Um, hmm. I mean, you, it really shows you that God has invaded human history and continues to. Just reading, reading that book, you know, and, and if you and the case for the resurrection of Jesus, those are two good books. But if, if you just read Person of Interest, that that and then go study the Bible, you know, read the New Testament, you know, that that's a good start. And you don't need to, you don't need to force yourself to believe anything. I didn't force myself to believe anything. I just, you know, you, you believe, I mean, a lot of your belief is involuntary. It's just based on the data you, you take in. And right. so just take in more data. And if you are intellectually honest enough to read, you know, disagreeing authors, then uh, that, that will make you comfortable enough to uh, take some of the stuff seriously that you read in the, in the yeah. Bible, which by the way, is the most reliable history book in print it's the bible as far as i'm concerned how has your life yeah. changed how how have you and edith and your family life changed any positives you can recommend uh i'm not we're not at that point where i can give recommendations that everything's <laughs> spun into confusion <laughs> so uh in fact the day that i had my name removed so edith her her um faith crisis had started long before mine had but it was a drawn-out process that continued even after, after mine had. So um, she actually didn't kind of come out as non-believing until later in, in August. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the process and the transition is, it's often messy. It's often confusing. The good with news family, is- Yeah, the family situation is- Yeah, touchy, but the good so. news is God is there and he's a patient, loving God, and he's willing to wait and to work and to let people sort things out. And so as part of the amazing thing about grace is there's no pressure. Um, it's all about a willingness, I think, to be open to this God of grace and say, hey, go ahead, show yourself. I'm here. Um, I'm willing to follow truth. I'm willing to follow the evidence where it leads. And we'll pray that that continues to happen with you and your family. And I think you begin to realize that you're not responsible for other people's decisions and you don't have to control them, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you were supposed to do as a bishop and as a, as a father in Zion, you, want, you had to make sure that all your kids stayed on the right path. This is a God of grace and he has a personal walk with each human and it's okay to allow that to happen and just be a loving, supporting walking beside person yeah something else amazing that i learned from my bible studies was how all through the old testament um you know god how many times throughout the old testament 
uh, we read that you know God is he, he forgives transgression or gives mercy to those who don't deserve it um, and and the intricacy of the Bible um, you could um, it, you know you could take away the labels of Old Testament and New Testament just put it all together and it would still be an intricate continual um, uh, book that, yeah it'd I mean, still be a seamless narrative I mean, and it, yeah. it begins in the Garden of Eden and it ends in the Garden of Eden you know at the end of Revelation yes this is another thing if, if people are trying to study if they're coming out of Mormonism and they're studying the Bible um, if they read how to read the Bible for all it's worth um, by Fee yes by yeah. Fee and Stewart he, yeah he, he phenomenal lists pitfalls book. you know and, why, and, and, and when you see the pitfalls you know mistakes people make in how they read the Bible it's no wonder that churches have, you know false man-made churches have popped up over the centuries and they're all making those same errors so Daniel, thank you so much for sharing your journey, your insight. You and Edith both have been so candid and so honest. Uh, I'm excited for our listeners to walk through some of this with you. And um, thanks for sharing all the research you've done. We'll have to put uh, a list of the books that you recommend that you've worked through in the show notes. And uh, that'll maybe save people some time and, and effort. Lynn, any final questions, comments? Um, this has been a rich series of episodes. It has. It's it's amazing how God connects certain people together, right? And certainly those who listen to Daniel and Edith's story will be blessed by it for his purposes, for his very specific purposes in your listening to this story. We're, we're glad to have you again. Um, grace and peace, Joel. Until next time. So long. Thanks so much for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. You can find show notes and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. We would love to hear how the podcast has helped you. We are so grateful for you, our listeners, and the donations that keep us on the air. To say thank you, we are offering a free gift with a donation of any amount. Just go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free gift button to get yours. Thanks for joining us on the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.